tell me more about how his eyes look, Simon. It's almost <laughs> as if Simon enjoys being chastised by Baz or something. Like, is this how you describe your enemies? It's really not. Hot. Yeah, like, basically. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be, like, quote-unquote enemies for every time we bring up Baz. You want to get sexy? Yeah, let's get to the sexy stuff. Hello, and welcome to Escape from Reality, a podcast where two queer IRL witches talk about Any Way the Wind Blows by Rainbow Rowell. I am Lark Malachi Gray. And I am Jesse Blount, and today we are talking about chapters 20, 21, and 23. But don't worry, we're not actually skipping chapter 22, we're just going a little bit out of, out of order because we feel like it. <laughs> to make things make more sense honestly this exactly in the same time frame penny chapter that got like plopped in the middle of two agatha chapters is would just be so confusing from an episode making standpoint so we're streamlining the experience for you our listeners (laughs) oh y'all should be very excited about that all right before i get into a summary of the chapters do we have any announcements just a reminder that it's almost your last chance to get tickets to our Rocky Horror Live recording. It's on October 19th, which is like a week from when this comes out, I think. And you should get a ticket and come hang out with us while we talk about Rocky Horror because it's going to be super fun. And we really want to do this and we can only do it if all of you join us. So get a ticket. It's gonna be great. We're going to be dressed up for the occasion. You get to Look at our faces as we speak, which I know, uh, since you enjoy our podcast, is always a weird experience, but oh, but a good experience. <laughs> exactly. And I did just buy, like, the nerdiest prop possible. <laughs> you sure for... <laughs> <laughs> And it costs three tickets. So three of you have to buy tickets to compensate for the prop that I bought for the show. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so excited. I am also so excited. Cool. All right. Yeah, so that out of the way, Jesse, tell us about these chapters. All right. So chapter 20, Simon is still at Baz's and uh, it's time for a post rat hunt snack, shower and nap in that order. Very cozy and domestic. I love it for them. Um, They are still being a little bit careful with one another and... In this sort of like, I care about what's going on. Simon asked about Baz's stepmom because he did in fact read all those texts, just didn't respond. And Baz has the unpleasant experience of telling Simon about the Chosen One cult. Chapter 21, Penny. Simon texted Penny immediately after the last chapter. And Penny's like, listen, I'm over being magical Nancy Drew. Let me wallow in bed. Which she does. But Shepard is still here. And he wakes her up later with a sausage roll because he's a very good friend with very good taste. And he's been exploring. We learn that out of all of Shepard's magical buds, Penny is the only person who is offered to help him with his whole demon possession. And he is ready to accept help from his own personal Glenda. Only Penny's really not feeling this. She's still wallowing and being a person who was wrong. And... So she goes over all of her failings in the last book, which Shepard is like, no, those are great. And she's like, no, it was not my best time. Which, for the record, 
on her end wasn't really her best time at all. Shepard finally realizes his charm is not going to work here, and they both agree that it's time for him to go home. Chapter 23. Penny again. Penny is using magic to make money again, this time to get Shepard a kind of legit plane to get home. Shepard is like changing into a clean shirt when Penny gets another look at his arms and these slightly moving tattoos. He's about to walk out of her life without a mind wipe, not because she's falling for his handsome charms or anything. They exchange numbers and he's going to explore London a little bit before his flight. And he gives her a few pieces of chalk that he saved for her. And maybe Penny doesn't want him to leave just yet because, much like Simon has learned in the past few chapters, she maybe hasn't actually tried, like, giving this her best for real, for real. So she's at her drawing board with her chalk, quite literally, and... She's ready to get all the evidence from Shepard in order to pin down how to help him. Yeah. All right. We are going to start things off with Easy Come, Easy Go, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. Uh, my first note is that in the in the Simon chapter, he is like the epitome of what people mean when they like describe someone as being a puppy. He's like crumbs on the bed, <laughs> dipping cookies in a bottle of not not like a cup of milk, the entire fucking bottle of milk. He like Baz comes out and is like, my aunt's going to kill you. And Simon like freezes with two cookies in his mouth. Like it is like a literal poorly trained puppy that's just like, oh, no, I got caught eating a shoe. And you're just like, <laughs> why is this so cute? <laughs> I mean, Baz clearly thinks the same because he's just like, yeah, Fiona's going to kill you for eating the last biscuits and it doesn't actually matter. <laughs> yeah, I was also like, you know, you didn't even get a glass. You're just getting literal cookie crumbs in the entire bottle of milk, <laughs> which is kind of disgusting. I don't even know how you dip a cookie in a bottle of milk. I assume it's like a, a glass bottle with a wider lip than like your average American plastic jug of milk but still that just seems so unwieldy unless that milk is so full in which case that's so much like the fuller that bottle of milk is the ruder what simon is doing (laughs) it's like a a math algorithm (laughs) (laughs) i also assumed that it was a full bottle of milk in order for him to be doing this and i was just like that's just that's just so rude Yeah, someone make a like X equals Y uh, graph of rudeness of Simon's behavior (laughs) to fullness of bottle of milk. (laughs) I feel like my my next thing is just that Simon speculates in this chapter that's like, oh, maybe I would like hunting. I always want to have a longbow. And I'm like, Simon, I don't know if killing more things is really a good hobby for you, but... I think that he would get a lot of satisfaction out of providing for Baz. So maybe he should. I don't know. Great question. I feel like it could go either way, honestly. Yeah, I think I think that if it was if it was in the context of because this is also seems like it's this is Simon's like burgeoning kink too, is watching Baz drink the blood out of things. So. It sure is. <laughs> it's like I'm gonna go with him every night. I can't wait. It's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of Baz hunting, I 
noticed that probably you were relieved to read that Baz uses a spell to clean his tan leather gloves, and that's how they stay practical for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Even though Steinman mentioned that they were still sticky, which I was just like, an even somehow worse thing for me, where I'm like, ugh, ugh. (laughs) Totally, yeah. I assume they do not usually get very much blood on them. Yeah, but I would also assume that considering how fancy... And posh Baz is, he probably has a very good dry cleaner. Yeah, agreed. I love how Shepard brings Penny a vegan sausage roll, which I was immediate like, I would like a vegan sausage roll. <laughs> I would like <laughs> I would like Shepard to bring me also a vegan sausage roll. <laughs> yep. Oh hashtag marriage material. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god, for real. He's like, I brought you 75 sandwiches. I need to know your dietary restrictions. I need to know where you keep the petty cash versus rent money. Like, I'm I'm ready. And you're like, imagine trying to make him leave. What? I know. It's like, <laughs> I'm, <on>. I'm going <laughs> to like help you while you're in your depression spiral in bed, but not make you get out of bed, which, mm-hmm. yeah, just A plus. He's been noting what meals she's eating versus skipping, you know, yeah, God. I know. Uh, My last thing here, I think this is the second time in these books that this has happened. Rainbow Rowell does a lot of describing what people are doing with their faces and with their bodies. And this is the second time that we've got one where I'm like, I don't know what this looks like. So I was hoping maybe you know and you can tell me because I spent like five minutes trying to do this in a way that made sense and I just don't know. So I think it's Shepard is concerned about Penny, I think. And it says he looks down at me with his tongue on his bottom lip. And I don't know how that what that means. That doesn't just mean sticking your tongue out. I guess that's true. It could be like a when you have like. I guess they're still technically sticking your tongue out, but if, like, he has his, his bottom lip tucked in and you can just see the tongue, like, um, I don't even know how to make the thing. Never mind. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I don't know what he's trying to do, so. <laughs> if we had more listeners, like, a lot of people who we could be like, do a thing, and they would, like, enough people would do it, I'd be like, let's make a hashtag, post a picture of yourself making the face that Shepard <laughs> is making, hashtag it, we'll round them all up and share them in our Instagram stories. Um... Maybe someone could just like find a picture on the internet and be like, Lark, this is what this is what this facial expression is. But I can't. I got nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I must have literally just read that and then just kept going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like my metal and this like, yeah, I think that I subconsciously do all of the things that she describes people doing with their faces while I'm reading. And that's why when I don't like when one doesn't work, I get so stuck because I'm like, Yeah, what exactly are you describing? Yeah. Oh, I guess my last thing is I just sent you a GIF that I feel like (laughs) really sort of encapsulate both last episode and this episode, (laughs) which is really all I kept thinking about when really this chapter. (laughs) And listeners, maybe you've also seen this GIF, uh, beautiful black lady, aka Kelly from Insecure. Where she's like, you know what this is? Growth. And she's little making a little gesture where her fingers are closed and then opens for growth. And I think that this is what's going on for Penny. She's having, you know, some having some growth moments here. 
She is. That I really appreciate. <laughs> uh, and that's just the whole vibe of this, <laughs> these chapters. Totally. It really is. You nailed it. Welcome to I See a Little Silhouette of a Man, where we talk about character development. I started having Shepard and Penny separately, and then I ended up realizing that it was actually just like one thing for both of them together. Um, But I'm happy to talk about them separately if you would prefer. Honestly, I only really had Simon and Penny. I mean, mostly just we get Simon in in just like one chapter, but he's... Really making an effort to continue the vibe of last chapter where he mentions in the beginning of his chapter that he's said all these things that he would have rather died than said. And it's like, oh, it's the world didn't end. It is fine. Yeah. And him and Bass look at to be cute in bed and it's less awkward than it than it was in our last string of chapters, um, even though they do touch upon some potentially heavy stuff. And I'm just really proud of Simon. Yeah, he's doing incredible. I'm so proud of him. Yeah, and I think I also have to note, in this sort of confidence with talking about difficult things with Baz and sort of being with Baz without the pressure of, like, having sex, that he's also uh, using his wings more to sort of just, like, cuddle Baz with all four of his limbs. And I'm just like, look at all this acceptance of yourself. I know. Yeah, it's really lovely. Yeah. Okay, so the one Shepard thing that I have that is sort of like just him and separate from like what's going on with him and Penny is just with two separate times where Penny is like, you didn't talk to someone, did you? And like, he just like tilts his head at her. And I imagine that there's just like a 404 error (laughs) in his head of like, didn't talk to someone. Like, obviously I talked to everyone literally every person that i passed in the street yeah i talked to i met every single one of your neighbors i know all of their phone numbers i know all of their life histories i know the name of the person who works at the sandwich shop i know how many kids they have like i know where their kids go to school (laughs) (laughs) you talk to everyone yeah yeah uh so funny I just love his wordless, okay, but you've met me, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Penny is just like increasing dread of like, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot have this man in my life. (laughs) It's like, you're supposed to be here as a secret. (laughs) Shepard's just like, right, getting everyone's life stories. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I will have to say that... I feel that when Shepard was when Shepard was saying that Penny was the only person that gave him any kind of hope of getting his soul back, it was a sort of unguarded moment of like true sincerity. And I'm saying that not that I think that that Shepard isn't very sincere when he's like talking to everyone, but he definitely has a mask of being like super friendly and like chill dude who just wants to hear your life story. You know, and doesn't maybe necessarily talk about any of his feelings about having sold his soul slash gotten accidentally engaged to a demon until like literally this moment. And I'm like, you're also opening up. Yeah. And it kind of made me wonder if I feel like Shepard is the kind of person who 
could be in this situation and is like, this is a thing that is now true. And there's like, clearly nothing to be done about it. And I am able to just like, accept that and move on in as much as it's possible to accept and move on something like I contractually bound my soul to a demon. Yeah. But then getting a glimpse of, but maybe that doesn't have to be forever kind of like cracked that for him a little bit. And he's like, maybe I, maybe I'm not actually like that. Okay. With this, like, I don't know that he even knew that he wanted someone to offer to help him though. He maybe it sounds like he might've asked that genie about it. Yeah. What, what you said makes sense to me because I wonder if, in my mind, I imagine the situation where Shepard is asking a genie about his tattoos, I feel like happened within an early time frame of him actually binding his soul to a demon. Yep. And having a literal genie be like, I don't do that. You're like, well, that's like the most powerful being out there, right? So I guess I'm fucked. Yeah, it's like, okay, now... Now what? I guess magic isn't going to help me, so guess I'm stuck. Yeah. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think I had shepherd feelings, and then surprise, here they are. <laughs> <laughs> I always have shepherd feelings, even when I'm not reading this book or talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's just so You know that, that TikTok thing where it's like asking cishet dudes how often they think about the roman empire and mom is thinking about shepherd from anywhere the wind blows. oh my god <laughs> all right uh penny yeah uh, i mean i guess this is a pretty insular chapter but yes penny's finally getting is like getting out of her her slump of trying to remain not invested in capital m mysteries but you know, poor, charming, handsome Shepherd does need some help. <laughs> <laughs> and she's a little bit curious what, what Simon is talking about. So, yeah. Yeah. I In chapter 21, I think that chapter is like exquisitely written because we have Shepherd. It's like they both are coming to this real, like these realizations at the exact same time and they're realizations are diametrically opposed to one another where Shepard is like I have been so rude like you're offering to help me and that's so kind of you and like I'm ready to take you up on it and Penny is simultaneously like you are so right I can't help you with this like everything you've been saying is correct and they're like they just like switched but like so inconveniently timed and it's just, I mean, it's such a good chapter. Yeah, no, I really, really appreciated that. It's like, you're the wrong pages. You're on the wrong pages. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, they sorted out really quickly because Penny's like, oh my God, Shepard, you're so nice. Like, how I'm not sending you back to America. You saved my chalk. I can't, I can't let you walk out of my life when you're just so thoughtful. And it's like, that is correct. <laughs> absolutely yes like main thing you should be looking for in a person honestly whether that's like a friend or a significant other or someone who like notices things and is like i've got you yeah what a great quality and shepherd is like 
oozing it out of his pores, honestly. Yeah. It's like, does the person like you? Do they care about you? <laughs> like, top important things about yeah. any sort of human relationship. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything else besides Penny getting back in the groove of being on her magical Nancy Drew bicycle horse. I never read Nancy Drew. I don't know what. Bicycle sounds more likely than horse, but I think I only read one Nancy Drew once when I was like 11. So, I mean, everything I know is just from uh, Nancy Drew being referenced in other media. So I'm like, I, yeah, I have no idea. Happy for Penny either way. <laughs> Welcome to Face the Truth, where we talk about things that are fucked up. I only have one thing here this time, which is just us seeing Penny having this trauma response when Simon's like, hey, like, let's let's get back on our bullshit. And she's like, I'm not doing this with him. If it makes him hate me, like, let Baz be the one that gets dumped repeatedly. And you're like, no, that's not what's happening. I know. I know. It is painful. I was drawing, like, big, sad faces in my book. <laughs> giant, <laughs> giant crying emojis. Yeah. That was pretty hard to go through, to read. Well, it's like, no. Yeah. Do you have anything here? Um, The only thing I had was about Simon being down on himself about his body, about his weight gain. Which I'm like, Simon, it's okay. Bodies change. Baz is literally here to be like, I think you look incredible. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I I don't know if it's, like, too much to hope for. I was kind of bummed that Baz felt the need to be, like, you're not fat in his responses, as opposed to just, like, I like you like this, um, which yeah. is the actual important part of, of the reply. Yeah. I know that Simon is saying that he's fat in a, like, as if fat is a negative descriptor, and so I understand Baz's impulse, and I know that, like, the world that we live in inspires Baz, Baz to have that kind of like the impulse to refute that. But, you know, it would be nice to have Baz just be like, you look hot, you know? Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, Baz has been saying since last book about Simon gaining weight and looking lush, which I'm like, mm, what an excellent descriptor word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think... I'm not going to get super into this, but it just is really a disservice that it's not general knowledge that just bodies change as we get older. And sometimes that means weight gain. And it's not like you're a bad person or you like ate too many carbs. It's just like that just happens. Bodies just change when you get older. Right. Yeah. And I also feel like in Simon's situation... It sounds like losing his magic was basically the equivalent of like he was formerly dealing with hyperthyroidism and now he's like on a medication that's making his thyroid function properly, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm actually kind of excited to talk about that later also. Yeah, totally. But yeah. Um, but it's like, yeah, of course your body's going to change. Yeah. You're not right on the edge of malnourishment because the magic is burning through your body like you're a candle wick so right welcome to caught in a landslide where we rant about stuff all right i think i just have one thing here which is that so shepherd <laughs> 
Shepard lets Penny know that the fight at the Renaissance Festival in the last book where they kill three vampires is on YouTube. <laughs> Which yeah. I'm like, LOL, of course it is. And it like occurred to me that much like the rotting many rotting corpses in the US government, that maybe no one in who's in charge in the world of mages knows what the fuck YouTube is <laughs> or, <laughs> or how to use it. Because they're clearly not monitor monitoring it, which I guess if I was a leader in the world of mages, I would be like, probably a thing we should get on top of to make sure the normals don't have video recordings of, say, Watford students, like, ex-Watford students murdering vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, Penny's mom knows, towards the end of the book, I think she's talking to Baz. She's like, my own child could be on YouTube slaying vampires and something 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 and like makes eye contact with him and is like it's a good thing people don't believe their own eyes these days or something like that and that's just like eep. okay i remember <laughs> i remember that she said that she knew some stuff about when they were in america i didn't remember that it was specifically mentioning youtube so yeah. okay but you know again it like it's I get that they're like, they could get in trouble for it. But at the same time, how and why? And like, what is the jurisdiction? Like, that happened in the US. Are they going to extradite them to the US? Because surely you can't try them in the United Kingdom for something that happened in Oklahoma. I don't remember where the Renfest was. Kansas, I think. Because Shepard is there. True. Nebraska. Which is why, oh, Nebraska, thank you. Which is why it's funny that he watched it again on YouTube. I'm like, bro, weren't you literally there? <laughs> Wouldn't you watch it again on YouTube? Okay, fair. Would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> also, he's like watching it to be like, am I in there? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He sure is. Uh, he's also maybe watching it to see Penny light a vampire on fire. So I'm like, yeah, I'm sure all the comments are just like, well, look at these six special effects, bro. Totally. <laughs> Amazing. Welcome to Sun Shivers Down My Spine, where we talk about sexy stuff. We get a lot in our Simon chapter. Mm-hmm. I would be remiss without mentioning that while Simon is doing his <laughs> heinous action for a guest of dipping cookies directly into a bottle of milk, he is also shirtless. So, and continues to be shirtless when they're cuddling in bed, which I'm just like, hmm. Yeah, and Baz gets so flustered. It's so cute. He does. <laughs> also, Simon has both of his ginormous dragon wings wrapped around him. Sounds <sighs> so cozy and a little bit claustrophobic. Yeah, both of those things. But I think for Baz, probably very cozy. Yeah. I have about... Penny and Shepard. I love that Penny is like, I am not affected by Shepard's smile. And then when <laughs> he's getting ready to leave, she basically is like, I'll let myself be a little affected by his smile as a treat. <laughs> just a smidge bit affected. Just a little. No more. It's a special occasion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's very much like whatever you need to tell yourself, Penny. Okay. <laughs> I love it. 
Yeah, and then my other note is Shepard saved the chalk and now Penelope's in love as she should be. (laughs) So, yeah, I love this. She's just like, you know, it actually breaks on. You're not fucking leaving. Stay here. I haven't admitted to myself that you're maybe my soulmate. So (laughs) I'm going to at least try to cure you first before I declare that. (laughs) Exactly. I just have one more thing, which is we get our first foreshadowing when Simon is like, hey, where is your aunt? And Baz is like, she's not here. I think she has a boyfriend. And it's like, she sure does. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait. I Uh, love I love in love Fiona. It's incredible. <laughs> it's pretty great. <sighs> Welcome to Is This Just Fantasy, where we talk about magic and science and magical science. Uh, I don't know what the fucking either orc is, but I love that they exist. I just like the wordplay of it <laughs> so <Yeah>. much. <laughs> It must be a very subtle thing or else Penny or Simon would have noticed them living (laughs) in their, literally in their building. Yeah. So, or maybe it's like they could be either human looking or orc looking. I don't know. Whatever it is. Excellent wordplay. Yeah. Um, Speaking of more magical creatures that are named dropped, we also get a River Phoenix, which I had to LOL, LOL. Yeah, totally. Um, and for those that don't understand the joke, uh, River Phoenix, very famous, handsome, tragic, young actor. Also related to Joaquin Phoenix, who I think changed his first name from something equally hippie to Joaquin, which is also hippie in a different way. Anyway. Yeah, we also, I mean, we don't meet a genie, but we learn that I mean, obviously genies exist, but like we learned that genies for sure exist and that at least this one literally lives in a lamp by choice. And also they don't fuck with demons. <laughs> so. I actually thought it was funny because I, f- and maybe this is just from obviously watching Aladdin too many times, but you're like, yeah, like magic can't make you like fall in love or like bring people back from the dead. And this is just like, I can't, you can't ask for more wishes. <laughs> And I can, can literally, and I, I will literally never do anything involving demons. So, sorry, Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what do I have next? We have, I think, the only new spell that we get in this, these spring of chapters, which is uh, a penny for your thoughts, which is another probably illegal money, <laughs> money spell. Definitely illegal. I love how Penny's like, I really have an affinity for this, probably because my name is Penny. And I'm like, interesting thought experiment, though, is that if there's like a popular saying or like a spell that somehow involves your name, does it like somehow mean that if you are casting it, it works better? It seems like it would, I think, based on the way that magic works in this world. It seems like little quirks like that definitely tend to make a difference because didn't we also learn doesn't she use like in for a penny and for a pound or something like that to like pay a taxi that's maybe that didn't happen yet maybe it already happened anyway i think she can use like 
penny based money sayings to make money like better than other people can because it has this like extra little kick from it being her name which i also feel that if you were a mage that had children you would maybe maybe there'd be a consideration into your naming process for your child (laughs) or alternatively if you change your name as a mage you'd want to maybe lean toward a name that is used in the spell could be used in the spell yeah um you know i I keep getting stuck on the whole like oh penny's you know being naughty because she's like using fake money and stuff like that because i'm just like but money is fake and i mean a who cares if you rip off like delta or whatever yeah but b i feel like if it goes through like credit card money is faker than other kinds of money that it's not like it's gonna disappear from delta's account like they got the money so who cares if like penny didn't spend the money because it it's it's made up anyway so i don't feel like she's actually doing anything technically like in the capital n normal world illegal because she's not making anyone lose money you know yeah yeah, I mean, it honestly seems more legit what she's doing than whatever the hell cryptocurrency is doing. Right, exactly. And she's not ruining the environment to do so. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, who cares? Right, yeah, do it more. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have anything else here, do you? Uh, I think the only other thing that we haven't discussed is Simon describing how much when he was... An, could actively access magic how what a physical cost it had on his body Mm. um so he he mentions like just like he was always so skinny over the summertime because he didn't have the unlimited kitchen access the unlimited food access of the watford kitchens and it just cost him to lose a bunch of weight and then uh be super hungry all the time and you kind of likened it to right having you know a sort of out of whack thyroid where you're just, you know, your body's just doing a weird thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know. How, I don't know how thyroids work. I know it can screw up your like metabolism and a bunch of other shit in your body. But it's interesting because we don't get a sense that the amount of magic you could access if you're just another mage is like tied to your body in the way that the janky dragon magic that the mage did to poor Simon was doing to him. Mm-hmm. which is in retrospect another sign about just how not great that whole situation was for him and it's good that that's not the case because i mean if he wasn't young and elastic <laughs> like the far-reaching health issues of that sounds not great oh yeah definitely anyway fuck the mage <laughs> 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 Just when you thought we wouldn't end with me <laughs> screaming about how much I hate that dick. <laughs> we come back. Yep. Oh, I should do one more thing. Okay. <laughs> uh, which is about uh, Penny notices that Shepard has uh, a watch that has three dials. So he's mm. using a not digital watch, which I'm like, of course he's not. It's fucking cool and retro to have a analog watch. And then I'm like, oh, it might also be practical because maybe the 
you know, the sort of latent magic of his magical friends would mess up a digital display. Yeah. Also, I mean, I wonder if the three dials are giving him like, like maybe it's not just, you know, I don't know what would the date and time and what would the third one be? I don't know. I know that I've looked at a watch with multiple tiles on it before, but right now I can't think what the third one would be. Um, but it seems like he might also have one that's more like, maybe it's like phases of the moon and, you know, what Zodiac sign the sun is in right now or something, because he's like, you know, in that magic shit, it seems like he would have a, a watch that would help him, you know, know what kind of critter it's the right time of year to go track down oh my god that is also (laughs) that feels very right for Shepard (laughs) alongside his crystal bracelets yes oh my god yeah (laughs) hopefully for Shepard it's like tourmaline or smoky quartz or something honestly though it's got it's like citrine and rose quartz like he's oh yeah yeah he's not concerned about protecting himself he's all about like that out he's like i'm wearing crystals that help me make friends more better (laughs) of course you are (laughs) the minute i spoke out loud i'm like why didn't i say why didn't i say rose quartz like yep you (laughs) are yeah i love him i know okay um we good we're good awesome all right Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Don't forget to grab your tickets for our Rocky Horror live recording. And also, don't forget that the Gaily Planet has replaced the Gaily Prophet. And if you like hearing us talk about things that we're excited to talk about, it's a podcast you should be listening to. And this month, the Halloween month, we're talking about Chuck Tingle's book, Camp Damascus. We're also talking to Chuck Tingle about Chuck Tingle's book, Camp Damascus. And we're talking about Rocky Horror. So go listen to that because it's fun. And there's definitely at least like five episodes that you'll be like, oh, I've watched that movie or read that book and want to hear you talk about it. So yeah, check it out. So for next time, we will be reading chapters 22 and 24. And until then, Scaramouche. Scaramouche.